This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today, we're back. It's been a long time. Uh, at least I feel like it has. A year? That's, that's about it the has amount been. of time. Uh, I, I'm excited for season six. Uh, we've watched the first episode. Aaron, I'm super curious to hear what you thought about it. I, it has been a long time, although I, I must admit I've 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 been awash in expanse. Like we, we talked about on the preview podcast, like I've I've all, all, nearly completed a, a rewatch of the series. I reread uh, or read for the first time book five. I'm I'm, ra- I'm I'm raring and ready to go. Um, and I I my there's a lot of stuff that's kind of a bummer in this episode. Uh, like our heroes are kind of beat down and exhausted. That preening jackass Marco and Eros is just strutting around <laughs> like he owns the solar system because he kind of does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the cracks forming in his empire already, but you know he doesn't give a shit because he's a preening jackass. And uh, you know it's it's kind of like it 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 gets us back into the swing of things by by hook or by crook, and they pull out all the stops. There's like uh. You know, a what's been going on the last six months news montage playing like, uh, you know, an old Republic uh, serial highlight reel from World War Two, you know, uh, more stations fall to Marco and Eros. The Rossinati joins the fight. Uh, but I, I got pumped, you know, by the end of this episode. All I've ever wanted is for Bobby to be a part of the crew of the Rossinante. I, I saw that with Alex, you know, as uh-huh. the pilot. I, I feel like that's weirdly unsettled. That's another thing that the first impression blew me away. But this episode, like, where the fuck did Bull go? I thought I thought Bull was just going to drop in seamless uh, replacement of, of uh, <laughs> no. Alex. That didn't work out. I was also surprised at how much weight the death of Alex is still kind of weighing down the proceedings. Yeah. Um, but I, I did get amped because I'm I'm getting a big, sexy uh, dangerous mission for the Rasanate crew to go on. They're going to be bolstered by our favorite recon Martian Marine. And I'm, I'm super happy with where we're going. Uh, one sixth into this, uh, episode, this season. what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, the, the one word that I think can describe this season after one episode is weight or, or maybe gravity. Um, like ev- everything is uh, like Christian says in this episode, everything is just weighing down, right? Earth has never been more of a weight on the shoulders of the people who are tr- trying to, you know, save the, the solar system at this point. Uh, and you feel it, you feel it, not just in Christian's performance, which, uh, is good, but maybe we need to talk about it. And then also you feel in the crew of the Rossi. I mean, Everybody's still trying to process Alex's death. You you feel like Alex died, and then they immediately had to go and start this uh, not mercenary mission that they're on, right? Out there, just shooting down 
free Navy ship, shooting down the bad guys, protecting Earth. They didn't have any time to grieve him or process his death. And so it's all those cracks are are almost directly a result of that, I feel. Like the loss of crew member that they were not able to properly uh, figure out how to integrate into their lives. Yeah, that's what I, I, I was. That's one of the questions I want to ask is like, how much of this is just exhaustion of the mission? How much of this is, you know, them not being able to properly grieve the death of a family member? How much yeah, of it is it's definitely, you both. know, the friction of a new family member or a new crew member who was controversial to begin with? Like, uh, uh-huh. it, it's, it's interesting how those, you know, like the Amos Naomi alliance is probably the oldest in the show like it predates the show like their their special yeah. relationship and it's been stressed before you know like by by Naomi kind of unilaterally doing stuff in season two and three which was referenced in this episode but like it's never really fractured and now it's like it looks like both of them are ready to blow it up so mm-hmm. um yeah just the effect that the war has on everybody um it's yeah. uh the yes. other thing I, I is that, that I realized on my recent rewatch of the show is how like sneaky funny the expanse is. Like the expanse is really funny. Like if it's like sometimes it's just funny because they're making like, you know, on the surface jokes, you know, Avastral and Amos flirting. Sometimes it's funny just in like the way that Amos is coming to flank Bobby when she threatens to take take back Tatashi with a giant ass fucking wrench because you know what he's thinking. Uh-huh. But like what I noticed in this episode is it's just that's gone like this, like yeah. the, at least in yeah. the early goings of this of this war arc is like there is no more good times. There aren't any chuckles. The only people laughing are two gross teenage boys doing gross teenage boy things. <laughs> and and you, you find out through the episode that they're not even happy. They're not enjoying what what's what's going on either. Not really. So, um, and you compare and contrast drummer's crew at this point to like where they were in the beginning of season five and how tight knit and how like jokey they were. And, you know, uh, even in kind of tense times, they found the way to have like impromptu microgravity food fights and stuff. That's there. Are, there's no room for that, 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 uh, the, those people have been replaced with soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they become that they haven't been replaced. They become that instead of the other. And it's it's uh, it's painful. It's painful to watch these people uh, not be themselves because of the circumstance. Yeah. No, I think the light days of lighthearted expanse are probably gone. Uh, I think that was maybe seasons one through four, one through four. I mean, as soon as those rocks drop, like everybody's world has changed. Literally, it's hard to have fun in games. Yeah, it's uh, but I I do hope they do find and maybe they'll find ways with like, uh, you know, Amos and and Peaches um, because they don't seem to be, you know, for various reasons, they don't seem to be as affected as some of the others, probably because, you know, uh, uh, Clarissa is just still happy to be out of the fucking hole. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> and, and Amos, Amos is, is kind a of sociopath. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Amos, Amos doesn't feel uh, real, real human emotion all uh-huh. the time necessarily. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, it, it is, it, but that's the other thing is like, I feel like, God damn, watching this season's like an NFL football season, you know, other sports, they fuck around 180 games. What does it mean to lose two or three, you know, yeah. NBA has got like 80, 90 games and there's 17 games per, per fucking postseason round. What does it even mean? Well, you know, football, you got it's you got 16 games and every you, you lose one and it, it's tough. Like, I feel like with a six 
episode season, um, I'm a little bit more angsty because, like, holy shit, one six of it is gone. It's in the books. Yes. Yeah, and they spent a lot fast. of that time just catching us up to where things, you know, just telling us where things are. And some of the things they told us, I was not super happy about. Like some <laughs> of the things that we, that, the, yeah. the guy yada yada were like, ah, what? Dude. I'm sorry. Rewind. What? Yeah. So, so I, I think it, it was a good move. They, they did an effective job of setting up the the weight of everything. Right. I, I think. Mm-hmm. No, and you need that. read book six and, and maybe we can talk about this so we're in the final season of the expanse um as a, as a television show on amazon Asterisk. prime right yeah um at least we think so and we're in like the final uh book of a second trilogy and a three-part set of three trilogies um that trilogy i understand moves a little bit beyond the story that they've told so far in the next book. Um, and, but I will say, and, 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 yeah, yeah, everything that they're doing in the show right now does roughly line up with the books, except for a couple of things here or there, which the show has already riffed on. And, and they've been doing a pretty good job of that, of riffing a little bit, but coming back to the main source material in enough sure. ways that you feel like you're still watching the same story. Just, Mm-hmm. unfolding through different characters, different lenses, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And they did that a few times here in this episode, uh, but I definitely feel like they're getting to the crux of what book six is for all of these characters, for Marco, for Philip, for, um, well, I think the biggest changes are probably on the Rocinante because the, in the books, Alex is not dead. Uh, Alex died, as as we all know, as a result of kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff um, with Cass Anvar that he needed to be removed from the crew, and so they just kind of killed him with a stroke last season. Uh, That's changed the game. I I feel like that's changed quite a bit on the Rocinante. And I think you still get, like, most of the way there, but I feel like they're leaning on that kind of as a way to say hey, these these people are not just beaten down physically by the arduous mission that they're on for this extended period of time, but they're also emotionally exhausted uh, because their friend died and they haven't really done anything about that yet. Uh, so that's kind of like the biggest change, I think, from the book so far. And there are others around the edges. But you, you brought up a topic before we were talking, uh, uh, before we got on this podcast here where we were just talking about like going forward or, or why this season might be short or th- something like that um, in case we do get more expanse, which I know you're holding out hope for. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, yeah, oh, this really? is the final season and it'll yeah. be done. That's it. Hmm. I'll read the book. This is interesting because just just for, for podcast uh, aficionados, uh, Jim and I haven't recorded the preview episode. That's something we'll probably talk about in the preview episodes. <laughs> I was Jim, uh-huh. I was I would thought you were on the same page as me that the. Uh, that we will probably some way, somehow, there's no way with this much content <laughs> no, that networks like... are starving for. There's no way they're going to leave this on the shelf. No, no, I, I, a I don't know. How trilogy? This, it, it's clear to me that every season has gotten less attention from Amazon. Um, it's gotten smaller, not bigger. And really? I, I mean, that's that's my feeling. That's the, the gut okay. feeling I get looking at the show that they've produced is that every season 
they've just kind of been ramping down instead of up into something bigger. I, I really don't think that there are plans certainly right now to do more expanse on Amazon. Oh, I, I, I believe that I believe that, or if there is, it's going to be, and let, 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 I tell you what, uh, we're about to get into the main part of the podcast. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the, uh, the actual show. And then, uh, I want to talk more about this. All right. Okay. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, well, we begin with The Expanse uh, on, an, on one of the new alien ring gate worlds. Uh, as a, a little girl is left alone to explore an alien planet, which turns out to be Laconia. You might re- remember that as being the homeworld of the Martian Splinter Faction group that appeared to be making a protomolecule-powered space cruiser in orbit last season. Yeah. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with that. I do wonder. Uh, it kind of blew my mind last season when they... I think that was the final shot of the final episode of season five where they just go, yeah, go through the rain. You see this big ship come out of like the clouds or something. You're like, oh, my so that's God. not something that's even in book six. No. OK, um, I, I wondered not, if not like this. OK, OK. Um, this I, I definitely want to talk about this expansion of the scope of the expanse, <laughs> the expansion of the expanse. Um, but first. Why are they letting this? I, I get it. This is a militaristic Martian uh, empire. Uh, like Mars is already militarized. This is like the group that split off and decided to call name themselves after Spartans and and say the other Martians are pussies. Mm-hmm. Um, but but still, why do you let like a nine year old girl run around an alien planet where like not all of the species has even been like cataloged apparently? There's megafauna walking around. You don't know. Like I, the whole time I'm like, oh my god, I've seen Half Life. Those vines are just going to grab that girl and suck her up. Yeah. Or like, holy shit, those bird things are going to be venomous. That fucking purple frog. That's just a head. You're going to see it's as big as a house, and it's got a mouth that's like it swallow a blue whale. <laughs> I wh- wh- who 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 watches the the babies on this planet man is this is this some kind of fuck fucked up uh, way of making sure you just get real martians yeah this is uh darwin survival of the fittest uh yeah this is <laughs> some attrition shit i don't know this uh, is like king leonidas's origin story uh-huh. i i walked with the purple frogs and the poisonous lizard bats of laconia and I merged victorious. Like, it's some fucked no, up shit, I, I was thinking the same. I'm like, this girl unsupervised. I kept expecting this thing to jump out of the forest and just consume her. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, one big bite just right over the yeah. top and she's gone. 
It's uh, very Jurassic Park. These this girl is playing uh, in a clearing. She's going to scream, and then you know, Laura Dern's going to bound in and and mm-hmm. do something. Sam Jackson's arm will drop on her shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, so okay, let, let me jump back and talk about the title of this episode, "Strange Dogs." I actually don't even think I said that uh, in the intro. This is uh, the title of the novella that's between, uh, is it Persepolis Rising? I think it's Persepolis Rising, which is book book seven, seven, and Babylon's Ashes, which is book six. This is like novella 6.5, kind of focuses on, I think this girl, uh, Kara is her name, or Kara, uh, and her family kind of being through the ring gate on Laconia, trying to make a new life on that planet. Uh, I haven't read that novella because I didn't think it was very essential. Um, and I haven't, I read their book six. I haven't moved beyond book six though. So um, I don't, I don't know what they're getting up to here, but I will say, yeah, it was, it was weird, a, a weird start to this, but it does tease like, Hey, we're going to do some through the gate Laconia stuff. Right. Cause otherwise yes. why put this at the beginning? Right. Um, my thought is it's a p- sales pitch for book seven through nine because, because here, so here's what I'm, uh, I, you know, and this is spoiler free cause I've not read anything beyond book six and I haven't read any short stories beyond, beyond that either. Um, and I've been very careful to stay spoiler free, but I have seen some people discuss in a spoiler free context, like a meta of like, you know, why are, is, is things coming to an end here at book six? And you think about trilogy and uh, trilogy of trilogies, right? The first trilogy was all confined to our solar system, which felt like a big place, right? But the end mm-hmm. of book uh, the book three, the ring gates all open, and now we see that there's uh, you know over a thousand more worlds to explore. What's what's ter- what are we going to do? Um, I've heard that going from book six to book seven is a similar expansion in scope. And I don't know what that means because, like, I don't. Does yeah. that mean like multiverse, or does that mean like uh, some kind of harnessing a ma- or mastery of the proto molecule, which will and, and with with the exotic alien life that we see in display of here, that that you're essentially bootstrapping a Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. you know, um, and like that the money that you would have to spend on the show because of the increase of special effects, because maybe aliens, because of maybe like intense starship battles because of the crazy protomolecule science fiction magic shit that the, the 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 budget is just going to spiral and you essentially need like a the, completely renegotiate everything and if this is like the the gateway between book 6 and book 7 if this is like a portent of things to come that makes a lot of fucking sense because this looks like a much more expensive show mm-hmm. than what we're getting right now which has essentially submarine sets and some sub some uh, some splashy FX shots for sure, but it's not in every fucking scene. You don't have like a purple dinosaur. Yeah, and those those you know. splashy FX shots are what drones and hard edge ships and yes, like it's, knowing even the tiniest bit about three D. I know it takes longer to to create organic creatures, things like that. One hundred. Basically, anything you can you can make out of primitives. Is probably not going to take you much time. Uh, yeah, and animating it, yeah, all that. Right. So the ships are not a problem, but then you get to yeah, creatures and stuff. That that would be hard. Uh, so so I, like as somebody who doesn't think they're going to do more of the expanse, 
there's no way they get to that stuff. There, there's absolutely no way they expand the scope of the expanse in season six with only six episodes and now five episodes to go. They, yeah. they just can't. They can't. Knowing the story of book six and the things that they have to deal with, the things that are already on their plate, you can't load up anymore. You can't. So that's what I'm saying. I expect this plus like some kind of post credit scene because we already know the final uh, the final episode is like a monster. It's like 65, 70 minutes long. Okay. Um, I think that there's going to be a big pitch. There's you're going they're going to leave uh, Expanse fans desperate for more. And then the new the new Screaming Fire Hawks campaign is essentially, hey, don't you sh- shouldn't shouldn't you we get out there being loud and proud about like HBO picking this up for a miniseries option or uh, Warner Brothers picking this up for a three picture deal or like it's going to be something like that because I think they just need I, it's my, my theory that this is all about. You know, getting a budget big enough to tell this big fucking pan galactic story that they're they're trying to tell, and it just isn't enough on the the budget to got them this far. Because um, that's the only thing that makes that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Why else would you tease this shit that's going to be beyond this season, or as you say, not relevant? You know, uh, the the only nightmare scenario I can think of is they're bringing just enough of like book seven through nine to make it not worth. Yeah. Telling that's one of the reasons I like. I didn't personally like what was the Joss what was it Serenity? What was the Firefly movie? Serenity. Uh, yeah. It was Serenity. I didn't like that movie, not because I didn't mm. think it was good necessarily, but it just finished Firefly. Yeah, it was like, everything. You would have to like every open question you had, significant parts of the crew taken off the board like there's like that was the nail in the firefly coffin there was always hope to have more fire you could always bring they're not too old everyone seemed like they were into it but like when that movie came out that was just i did my mind waving the white flag and i guess the only thing they the only thing they could do to kind of piss me off this season is if they bring in enough of like seven and eight and nine to just like essentially just put a cap on those storylines without exploring them because I don't want that. I, yeah. I like having three more books of the expanse to enjoy as a standalone thing and maybe mm-hmm. one day to be adapted. I would much rather have that than a half-ass dash through them. And I, I, I don't know, but I, there's no way with six episodes they're going to do that. I don't y- think. Yeah. I wouldn't think you could. Uh, that, that scene at the beginning is super worrying. This the scene we're t- still talking about uh, with Kara, because I, I, man, I just think this, series is going to be somewhat radioactive uh after think so? the end of it i mean sci-fi dropped it amazon's gonna drop it who picks up this potato and says well, yeah we can we can do something with that like well the thing is is like so our but that's the thing like sci-fi dropped it but for i guess reasons that made sense they weren't it wasn't making money um <laughs> exactly i don't know that the am i don't know the amazon's dropping it though or I mean, they're not you letting them do the rest of the story. There's no way they get through the rest yeah. of the story here. Yeah, I, I mean, Amazon and if they wanted twice the budget, dropping it like sh- surely they would go and say, "Hey, we need twice the budget," and then Amazon would be like, "Sure, yeah, or or no." So those conversations have had to happen. That's but but then I guess if you don't want to make more, why the intro? Yes, why? Because to it's me, weird. that that is only that and the that's only a, a trailer for more expanse. Kind of like if if mm-hmm. all we got at the end of I I think that if expanse stopped in season three, it would still be you know. 
work because it's kind of self-contained. Like, yes, there's clearly more expanse. Like, oh, my God, there's Ringgate stuff. But like all of the, Mm -hmm. you know, Mars, Earth, War, protomolecule plot, all that stuff was neatly tied, tied up and ended, uh, which which I appreciated. Uh, But you still had like, you know, naked holding, screaming in space, beholding the. (laughs) Uh-huh. The ring gate system. I wonder if this is that version of like naked, naked holding, screaming in space. Like if if if, if it ends in, in, in the sixth season and that's all we get, then there's still a hint that like, hey, there's a I mean, it could be Ty and Dan like, fuck, let's just advertise the next books. Like mm-hmm. there's more expanse. You just have to read our books, fuckers. Uh, sure. And in the meantime, the more that's successful. I, I just like here's the here's my bedrock thing. We have so many places that are desperate for content. They're adapting crazy shit, stuff that's always been considered unfilmable. Foundation, Wheel of Time, The Cimmerillion, shit like that. Like they're they are they are really priming all the fantasy science fiction pumps for more content. They're gonna walk away from a completed book series that has a fan following just because it's like hard to film or expensive. Like I just don't see of all the studios out there, all the channels, all the stuff, all of them say no. I just that seems that seems hard to believe. Seems yeah. very hard to believe. Now we'll see. Maybe it'll get a maybe it'll get a two season run on Netflix and they'll cancel it for its third. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly that's what I, I don't. I don't want like half a <laughs> right. series and then it gets right. canceled on Paramount Plus uh-huh. or something like that. I want someone like. You know, HBO. Netflix. HBO would treat I want this something thing like right. H- yeah. Fuck for, for but HBO's in the middle of their own kind of like you yeah. know tumult of like, well, what are we doing here? How much content are we want to make? Are we making Christmas movies? I fuck. I guess we are. Uh, like I, yeah, I, I, I. But yes, that's that's the ideal home for the Expanse. Yeah, if yeah, Amazon doesn't HBO want it, HBO of yesteryear, the one before HBO Max that that puts money yeah. into shows simply because they're prestige and simply because it will height, heighten their reputation. Not necessarily because it will make them a ton of money. Um, so to go back to this this trailer for season seven, is there anything that this little so so the little girl sees the 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 bird lizards and one of them looks like it drops dead and she grabs it and picks it up and runs off saying she's going to save it. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like any interest in like trying to figure out what they're doing here? No, or, like they tell I, like I my, my first book, thought that novella. My, my first thought was War of the Worlds. This little girl has infected them with some kind of microorganism, and it's 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 dropping dead. Uh, uh, I feel like we've already done that. I feel like season four was some of that. I don't know if we need to reverse War of the Worlds. We were the invaders with the eye fungus uh, getting getting brought down low. Right. Uh, we're still the invaders. Wasn't, I mean, we're on foreign worlds that you know they had this this planet before we did. I I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I'm I have no idea where this is going. I don't even know why it's in here really. But we'll find out, I assume. Let's move on to the credit sequence. Uh, I like to talk about this at the beginning of every season because it usually changes, and it's changed a lot. Uh, this is the, We had questions about how fucked the Earth is. I think those questions are answered by the credit sequence, if, if not the, the other stuff. Uh, lots. The Earth is continuing to be pelted. Uh, lots of images of the ring gate now and alien worlds. Uh, in fact, the, the iconic shot of Holden gawking up at something in space in a spacesuit has now been replaced of him gawking at the ring gate. Um, 
Any, anything else you, you, you there, did you just fast forward through the uh, I intro? I always do, man. I always, <laughs> well, I didn't fast forward, but I used it to, to make some notes on the Laconia stuff. So this show is always good. And like immediately, like in my rewatch, I, I noticed know. that like the, the Mars thing when uh, UN destroyed uh, Phobos, I think it was Phobos or maybe it was Deimos. Phoebe? Uh, the, no, the, the moon, the, the moon of uh, of uh, Mars that they destroyed oh, in right, season as one. Retaliation, yeah. As soon as they do, when they show the diagram of Mars, that that moon is broken apart and animated, nice. and it's like they always do shit like that. And I, I always like to they see what's, what's changed. Yeah, it's like the Game of Thrones intro, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, little, little, little similar dynamicism. Yeah. I should pay attention, uh, but I don't. We're <laughs> we're open. <laughs> we we open to. An off-season montage. This is what's happened in the last six months or so. Yeah. Um. What? Anything that caught your eye in in this rapid-fire n- newsreel? Uh, the number one thing that caught my brain is they must have listened to the audience uh, who was very confused in season five about how devastated the Earth was. Sometimes you see. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of the forest got knocked down. No big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of all we saw of it, right? And then we were just like, "Oh, business as usual." It, this paints a totally different picture. This paints devastation. This paints uh, you. This is something that the Earth may never recover from. Uh, it might yeah. be a death spiral from which they can't escape. Yeah. Uh, there's this big uh, bold letter severe biosphere damage and this has also had the effect of letting Marcos just run rings around the solar system because he has been they showed a schematic of all the different stations they mentioned Ceres, Vesta those mm-hmm. are the two largest asteroids in the asteroid field uh, Prospero um, Ganymede uh, uh, Adip- A- Epidus uh, one the uh, third largest moon of Saturn. Uh, all these things have been taken over. The ones that resisted, like Pallas Station, uh, I think which is the third largest asteroid in the solar system, has been attacked, and their stations disintegrating. Wow, um, Pallas, York- really? Shit, didn't, yeah, they, Pallas didn't Station. Marco launch from Pallas last season? Wasn't that his like home base? I think that's how like him and Na- yeah, like that was Naomi's kind of like the, their Shit. home crew kind of thing. And those yeah. are the sh- those are the other major shipyards, right? Like you got Tycho Station, you got Palace, which I th- is one. I'm of not the exactly sure that it's importance in the belt um, because I I'm still like I, I'm still am deathly afraid to, to to look at the Expanse Wikipedia. <laughs> Fair, um, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, Anyway, uh, they also have a show. They also have a shot of like New York City, and it looks like the skyscraper Venice because the sea walls have been breached and the 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 city's flooded. Uh, and they also have like I, I really appreciated this this touch of detail. We began the expanse back in season one with this belter provocateur screaming into a camera on Sirius Station about how the inners are abusing the and the belter's mm. going to rise up. And the same guy is now talking about how earth knows what it feels like to be a belter. And I like that. It's the same guy from series, probably still doing his fucking OPA podcast or whatever it is. And now he's, Mm -hmm. he's delighted that it's the capital of the belt. Um, I think golden bow has a podcast. I think they all do like every, (laughs) every one of these black sun. They should, I I, want to hear the, uh, the Klaus Ashford one because you know he seemed, he seemed to <laughs> yeah, like having having ears and microphones. Oh, yeah, Belter yeah. Lotus eyes and ears. It's how we begin every one of our podcasts. Uh, He's doing pirate radio. <laughs> he is. Um, 
we also have a really cool shot after so after that we we have the the blackness of space asteroids hurtling towards earth but they're melt by purple cloud they're they're met with purple clouds and railgun shots to shatter them on impact and then avasarala surveys the damage done to mother earth and gets uh status reports yeah we've got that nuclear-esque winter that i talked about uh somewhere else in another podcast i can't even remember uh but yeah the th- things are looking real bad on earth and, and they're pinned down too i think that's like this the biggest thing to take away from this well the second biggest probably is that they can't really do anything with their fleets they can't go after marco because they're using their fleet to defend from hundreds of rocks that have dropped on them over the last six months 200 strikes in six months yeah um as the as so it's a constant and we'll find out more about how marco is even being even more strategic about uh keeping the inners but like mars and earth have completely redeployed their fleets to, to defend their planets you know they're vulnerable at the bottom of these gravity wells mm-hmm. um also it's like there's another sad story is they uh mars is remilitarizing building a donager class warship uh earth is building three battle cruisers you think about the resources they probably need at a time like this and unfortunately they're mm-hmm. having to be diverted into and, and i admit it's I mean, it's hard to argue. Like, you can't just let rocks keep hitting you, and and it's like yeah. it's it's just a real depressing scene because she says there's also micrometeor contamination. Like, e- even the rocks that miss us and burn up in our atmosphere are poisoning us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the scrubbers, uh, the CO two scrubbers that they're using to kind of get that out of the air aren't really working. Well, I, I thought that was more of like they got CO two scrubbers to deal with global warming. But they've reversed them. Like they're now rescrubbing the air with CO two to hope to hopefully <laughs> warm it up to keep the get over. It. And then, but that's having, okay. you know, uh, some 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 unexpected effect. It's I don't know. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's a bad scene. And she talks about this like she's overlooking this huge high yield grain growing facility. And she talked about when it first opened. This you know we're from the Midwest. We know it stocks even the fattest stocks of corn. Uh, they're not bending over at the end of harvest, but these things are probably genetically <laughs> modified. Stocks, uh, stock, uh, ears of corn the size yeah. of watermelons. These are they're, corn, they're, they're, ears of corn that could win a county fair for sure. Th- these are yeah. this is super corn, baby, and it's all like who knows this this whole area might be feed a billion people, and it's gone. It is. It's just not, but ash and snow. Yeah. Um. And it just like the the, the they, they have a lot of shots where they just like show the emotional state. Like Avasarala is just consumed with largely impotent rage and grief. You know. Um, yeah. And it's it's I, I what I love about Avasarala's character is that she's such a great avatar for like Earth itself because she feels the losses like professionally in terms of like, you know, she thinks of herself as earth. She's being attacked, but she also has very personal losses. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fucking fraudulent Arjun. Yeah. yeah. He's been missing for several seasons, but ostensibly killed the imposter killed last episode or last season. Um, and that this goes back to also like, you know, she, in previous wars. She, those losses are personified in her son. Yeah. I, I, she's a great, she's a great like figure for, I think all, all of earth. I got to say, they need to get, like, the CO2 scrubbers working on, like, Shore's, uh working in her dressing room or something, the green room, wherever she's waiting. Because is it just me or am I freshly shocked every fucking season when I hear her speak at, at her voice? <laughs> her voice is just so wild, man. It feels like it's, it's, it's getting gravelier. Like, it's... 
I, I don't it know, is. Man. It is. It is. It's like um, it's it's crazy because like also not having with the screeners not having um, sometimes, subtitles sometimes. Yeah. Like I had to rewind an embarrassing amount of times before I understood that what she was saying is uh, uh, meteorite contamination because it uh-huh. sounded something like meteorite contamination. Yeah, like what? Yeah, I, it's, no. it's great. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I'm not like making fun of her, but holy shit, I'm just shocked yeah. at her voice every time I come back for a new season. Yeah, yeah, they could do some carbon scrubbing of the lungs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, or maybe that's just uh, she's that's uh, she's got the genetic husk. Uh-huh. She's never smoked a day in her life. I don't believe that, but uh, moving on to the Rasinante crew, showing exhausted from mm-hmm. months of constant patrolling the belt. But nevertheless, valiant in uncovering a new wrinkle in Marco's effort to keep Earth and Mars pinned down in their respective gravity wells. Yes, uh, they're they're fight they're out there fighting free navy ships, um, but they're not mercenaries. They're not getting so. Are they getting paid for it at all, or are they just getting resupplies? That's the thing. It's like. Uh... You know, Amos floats the idea of getting Chrissy uh, to pay for all the every ship they shoot down and Holden's bristles. Like, we're not mercenaries. Like, we're sure shit ain't soldiers either. So, mm-hmm. in the They're last in the in, in the last know. book, they were wealthy. Uh, you know, heroes of Illus. They were right. directly employed by the UN. They had they wanted for nothing. Um, I wonder if they're they, they don't spell it out, but I wonder if they're actually waging this private war out of their pocketbooks their own pocketbooks could be yeah yeah uh, uh, i don't i don't think that'll be a problem um, i think this is just a fun thing for amos to say yeah yeah uh, um, I, I don't know if we are ready to talk about this part but when he goes out to repair the hole i i loved some of the effects work that they were doing it's like playing mario galaxy right <laughs> yeah with these these He's, uh, what i assume are like duranium hole plates that's that what I thought just, too. Yeah, he's going to slap you know, on the patch. They probably weigh a lot. They probably weigh a lot, and he's just like dragging them around with one hand and zero g. It's it's a really cool effect. Yeah, I love the the fixed frame of him, and he's just kind of like it reminded me of playing Mario Galaxy. That like mm-hmm. you know the the the, uh, the Earth is spinning or the Earth the Rosinante yeah, is spinning cool underneath shot. him, uh, and then like just it's just cool stuff like. Uh, as he gets and starts walking back towards you know the 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 trench or wherever he's going the the where the rail guns mounted the drone pot you know the little door that has a drone opens and pops out and it, it is neat that, there's a lot yeah. of a lot of cool space porn like just a, uh-huh. just a taste of a battle you know not not much yeah. but just a little bit of you know i love seeing the pdcs shoot i love seeing the 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 martian torpedoes cook off i did feel um, like they started this cool. with a bang um yep. <laughs> and next next scene Literally, uh, yeah. and this scene, literally, I mean, they shoot this thing down. I, I felt like we were out of the gates moving pretty fast and it didn't really slow down this entire episode. No, no, they have their, 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 they're having to explain and say a lot, but they're doing it in, in some, some big sexy ways. Yeah. Um, they also like, so the, they, the, what, what draws their attention is that they're, they wondered because these little skiffs, far too small to be able to push a rock mm-hmm. to do something with. And they see a drive cone directly affixed to the asteroid. Yeah. Uh, self-propelled asteroid rockets, um, a new wrinkle in, in Marco's war. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool too. Yeah. Why don't they have stealth tech on these? 
Are they just not getting well, the funding they need and the, the gear that they need to stealth these rocks? So I think this. So so and that's one of the things I like about the expanse is they allow you to surmise this stuff. The mm-hmm. only reason that the OPA had Martian stealth tech last ep- last season is because Mars was playing fast and loose in the you know depopulation and trying to like stay afloat. Cop- you know they just had a flood mm-hmm. of military shit on the market and was going through the highest bidder. Once the rocks started dropping on Earth, I bet Mars got real tight with that shit again. And oh, now you're sure. seeing just, yeah, they, they mentioned and that there hadn't been a stealth rock for months. So I think yeah. they just ran out of that material and they can't manufacture their own. And you don't have the, was it Duarte? Was that the guy's name who was on the inside? Um, yeah. Feeding, feeding them information about where to get it, right? Or how to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. the shipments are coming, where they'll be, all that stuff. So it, it seemed like that alliance ended the moment that they took the ring gate. Like there yeah. is no longer any direct, like I, I think that Marco's got every Martian ship he's ever going to have now. He's got every tech. He's, he's it's like, it's going to be mm-hmm. a war of attrition now, which he's not even f- feeling because the inners are pinned down uh, in, in the inner planets. Yeah, no, so. I'm, I'm curious to see if that's the case or uh, so. So is he going to have another army at his back? Is he going to have the proto molecule based army at his back? That's uh, a good question. And fight like, a I've war got here. What's I've got some speculation on what Laconia is doing. Um, okay. You know, that that might indeed be their plan. Like they'll have a beachhead that they can hold from from all attackers and they can they can come back and re, reclaim the solar system if they want with advanced proto molecule tech. I I've, I've got theories about what what they're heading towards there, but uh Gotcha. I don't think they'll get to it in this season. Doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Um anyway, what do you think about how Peaches is integrated with the crew? Um do you think that Amos's mother hinting her a little bit or are they just that was just kind of some banter to establish their working, you know, the fact that uh Clarissa yeah. is a good tech now. She had promised before, but uh, she, if she wasn't focusing stuff on murderous rage, uh, she she's become a, a quite competent mechanic. Yeah, I think it's a combination of she's still newish to the crew, and this is a guy who's very protective of the ship. You know, yeah. this the, the Amos. I I think he does trust her. I think he also just really wants the Rossi to be worked on in a certain way and yeah and, and knows her super well better than anybody else so he's he's not yeah my mother handing her but he is definitely careful about the way he wants her to treat the rossi do you i so you mentioned that you thought that they were pulling money out of this show i think that this i i think we're seeing the rossi's engine room for the first time like I felt like that they b- built a new set that where Clarissa goes in and she's strapping these toolkits down and there's like I, I think that's like yeah. the 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 Rossi's re- uh, reactor uh, and I'm not saying you're wrong that they're like trying to you know cut down like you know staffing and budget and stuff like that but um it, the, the, like they don't need I I wonder why they build this set um is it something they yeah. needed or maybe I'm mistaken maybe they built it and and I, I didn't notice it before but no it uh, might be new um. I'm not sure. I can't remember them ever going in there. Um, the other question I have is why, why isn't bull here? Were they unable to come I... to a cop? Like, did that guy pull like uh, a Godfather, you know how they had, uh, who, who was the capo that uh, wanted a ton of money? Uh, it wasn't Tessio's the other guy. Uh, he wanted a ton of money to come back and like, fuck you. We'll just recast you. This guy's like, ah, Cassandra's out of thing. You need a new pilot, huh? Well, you know, and they're like, nah, fuck you. We'll just, we'll just have Naomi drive. Like, 
the only thing I could think is with Fred dead, Tycho is going to be like with that whole coup attempt. Tycho's going to be sort of undermanned, yeah, and they need Tycho to be pumping out. Drummer is gone. Ships, because um, because they're still loyal to the Earth, right? To the UN. You think Bull's the Tycho administrator now? That's my guess. Is yeah, he was wow. needed, and if he's not the administrator, he was at least needed back there more than he was needed on the Rossi on some mercenary mission. I'm just shocked that like, especially since Alex is alive in the book, I thought they were just going to seamlessly replace him. There's going to drop Bull in there, and you know he has a simply, you know, he's, he's so got a one season of experience with the crew. He's clearly a, a good pilot for the Rossi, and they would just have him do Alex things. Yeah, um, seems like I don't know, like Bobby step into that role if i had to guess maybe because like because bobby said like when she was you know on the run with avasaral and the 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 um the razorback like she's a fair pilot but she's a yeah. marine like she's probably know, a better pilot than any of the other three like possibly or four possibly. I guess, was clear. but alex was i think they they is something special you know oh yeah that, for uh, sure the rossi definitely lost yeah. something with with the death of Alex, but I think Bobby will be will suffice. Um, and we certainly yeah. like Bobby a lot more than Bull. I don't know how you felt, but I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't especially. I just thought the Bull would be kind of like a drop in, unoffensive replacement. Um, and I'm surprised sure. they're going this route. That said, um, I am I also am kind of glad that they're not. I thought they might just gloss over the death of Alex. Like you know, hey, we had the whole. You know, we did it last season. We had the everybody. We had the plaque. We had everybody looking somber, and it'll just be we'll just because we'll just move on from there. But mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate, especially since clearly this book must be a somber book too. Um, to, to deal with a little bit of an extra dimension, a personal dimension of grief. So. And, and they have the plaque in this scene, right before yeah, Amos goes out. Amos stares at it. Yeah, Alex's name still on it, and Claire's name not on it, which I think is equally important to Amos. Um, that's a good point. And that's point. just demonstrating, you know, it's a physical representation of the emotional cracks that are forming in this group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over on series, the newly self-proclaimed capital of the belt, Philip relieves some stress while his father Marco meets with his advisors on the state of the war effort. What do you think oh, of these scenes? Oh, man. There's so much good stuff in here. Uh, stuff that I'm personally excited, having, having read the book, that they're going to hopefully get into. Uh, although six episodes is not a long time to do it uh and the book doesn't go super deep into it but i'm i'm interested in a lot of the stuff that they're setting up with the uh rationing of resources and how that's going to play out the dynamics between the different factions of belters some of the belters who are just barely aboard with the cause um and might might be you know influenced by earth if they were able to provide for them better uh, just it, it raises so many interesting possibilities once we get beyond the initial strike um, to now, like like Marco, they're very much painting a picture of a man who enjoys the destructive aspect of what he's doing, the disruptive part of it. But what he doesn't care about is rebuilding anything. And that, that to me there's is no, there's no glory in it. There's right? no glory. In it. There's right? no people cheering he his can't name be a hero like, you know. simply by allocating resources appropriately yeah (laughs) looking at spreadsheets but that is like what a lot of statesmanship is about taking care of your people and that's the juxtaposition between him and avasarala who is worried about is doing that stuff right she's lamenting the loss of the grain marco's 
casting that you know beneath him task off on his underlings like yeah yeah i and i I like because we talked about this last season the fact that there seemed to be you know um some political bias to the science of marco like you know that there's people saying you know you can't just take destroy the only active biosphere the solar system has and think you're going to be able to feed people like where we're going to get live soil we're going to get this and he's just like yeah details details and it reminded me of like some of the head up their ass things that soviet union did in the the 30s and 40s led to massive starvations because they saw certain sciences western influenced and um it seems like they are definitely going to double down on that because there is some scary shit if you're paying attention you know, like Marcos, yeah. the the series administrator, the, the governor of the capital is saying <laughs> it's not a matter of when or if it's a matter of when people here and you're and you're in the capital city are going to start starving. Yeah. Um, it's, it's and Nico. she's Nico. OK, who mm-hmm. is OK? So who is the statuesque blonde lieutenant of Mar- Marco and Arrows? Because I've never and I didn't catch her name. Do you know um, who that is? It, I don't know that they ever say they do say her name. They say her name one time in this. It's Rosenfeld Gulliang, which is a character in the sixth book. But she is she, she, she made is a, a huge impression. Okay. She made it she made it she she made a huge impression. Like I was like, this is Yeah. Yeah. Uh not a not a great impression because she seems to <laughs> sure. be like if you want Mar- Marcos to have a second, you kind of want them to fill in the gaps that the leader has, and it seems like she's got all the same kind of crazy emphasis on action, inattention to details, um, you know that that they do, and and this is great stuff because they also show like this is classic, you know, despot shit. You know, like the 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 preening, the giving these speeches. Like as mm-hmm. soon as he hears his name mentioned, he's got to stand up on a, a crate and grandstand, um, and just having no interest at all in the day to day details of of running the empire. Yeah. Um, it uh, it's infuriating to tell you the truth. You know what else uh, is infuriating? What's that? Let's talk about maybe the worst thing that the show, The Expanse, has ever done. Uh, and it's yeah, I know what you're gonna what you're gonna say. The mistreatment of Anderson Dawes because Anderson Dawes is alive in book six, um, and in fact, I think Anderson Dawes, you know, survives the the whole series. I I don't know. I, I don't know if he's old enough when the time jump happens that he's dead later on. But he he doesn't. Margaret doesn't kill him in the books. Um, and if he was gonna kill him on the show. He certainly shouldn't have killed him off screen. I think Anderson Dawes has been misused and mistreated since season three when he disappeared yeah. and season has just three become is where, like, I, a, he, the he, boogeyman he, he, appearing in video footage once every other season. And, and I'm fairly certain now that I've seen this again in rapid, like a, 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 like a recent binge, that those scenes of uh, you know Fred Johnson talking to him on his phone were just old scenes from him and as season one and two that they desaturated and made it look like a cell phone, you know? Sure. Redub it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they have not, not got fresh Dawes since season two. I, I'm so angry about this because Jared Harris is such a good actor and all you need to, to make this work in season six is one scene, one scene. I, and what a scene it would be with Anderson Dawes, Jared Harris sitting across from Marco and these two, you know, this egomaniac battling with this 
also, you know, fairly egotistic, but but a little more rational uh, guy on it's taken years to solidify his power, who has carefully built alliances right. and played he, both sides. And he, he's so good at his craft. And then you've got a guy who has become the hero of the belt just through sheer bravado and, and taking chances and not giving a shit about any of that other stuff. Have them sit down, have them disagree, have Marco put a bullet in his head. That's all you need. One scene, uh, three in, hours of Jared Harris's time. Fuck, he can do it from home on a green screen. Get that's him the thing. in I don't, there. I don't know who to be mad at because Jerry Harry has had quite the career since season one and two of The Expanse. He's, I know. You know. He headlined The Terror. He headlined HBO's uh, Chernobyl. He's headlined a little show, The the Foundation, that we just, we just got done covering. I'm pretty sure he's the reason that he hasn't been on more expanse. But this is I also I the, like the why the slipping. fuck can't you give him a Godfather offer? Because that right, you, you you that that scene sounds amazing. Because number one, it's a, it's ironically delicious because he is now being Fred Johnson. You know, sure. Fred Johnson was the state like you know just trying to like do what's right. You know, trying to like play the middle, trying to be a statesman. And Anderson Dawes always outflanked him on the rebel side, on the 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 belter from the belter side. Yeah. And now uh, uh, someone beltier than thou is going to outflank him <laughs> right. and make More him look like, oh, come on, Pampa, tell us again about how we got to feed the people and the spreadsheets right. and all that. And and with in light of this episode, it had been a really great contrast to Philip, where like when Philip gets frustrated about an unpleasant truth that he doesn't want to deal with, he kills it you know mm-hmm. he, he he yeah and his father does the same thing where he it would yeah. it would strengthen that 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 connection because they've they've done a lot of i think they've done a better job honestly connecting thematically and emotionally philip to his mother totally. than they have to his father yeah and that would have been a really great tie uh-huh no no it's yeah. it would have been a fantastic scene and that's all i would have needed um but i i don't know clearly like they have somebody else running series station. Why would he be around? I, I don't know. There are a lot of questions, but it would have been a good scene. No, it's too bad. We yeah. didn't, it's too, too bad. Too bad. We didn't get more Jared Harris. And I, I'm not sure who to be mad at. Oh, I, I feel like um, it is. Um, that, that's one of the main reasons I say this show has not been doing as much because I think you could have got him back. You just didn't want to pay to get Jared Harris in there. Yeah. And you just yeah. kind of waved it away. Um, he made me just. I just, I'm, uh, I just want to do one show a year. I like to torture my fan base. I don't, I don't like, I don't like Maybe. them to be too. I don't want them to be fed. I want them to be hungry. Um, but yeah, the other thing about the scene is that we see that uh, Marco uh, is the most thing he's interested in, other than feeding, and, and certainly not feeding his people, is where is the people who have defied him? Where mm-hmm. is Drummer? Where is Naomi? And James Holden, the Rossinante, and he ups both of their bounties by twenty percent again as his people are starving. Yeah. Uh, speaking of drummer, uh, her faction slash family is out in, amongst the battle wreckage of the belt in a pretty cool scene. Oh. They evade bounty hunters. Are we not going to talk about uh, Philip's friend catching up with him and the alligator vest? Stuff yeah, sure. And... I, I the, 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 talk that about part that, Jim. Of that scene? Oh, this shit. was yes, that was part of the scene. That I mean, of kind scene. of right. okay. Um. So I, I Bill's got a punk ass friend. Yeah, he, he wears does. alligator. <laughs> uh, in the book, Philip gets the jacket. Philip gets the jacket. Is he going to take it off the dead body of his friend? I I don't know. 
feels like that's or I don't know, maybe or maybe they're making a joke about how outlandish his character was in the book. Like he's got an alligator jacket or alligator skin vest or something. I don't yeah. know. No, it was it was wild to me. But yeah, I, I would think if this is real alligator skin, it's probably pretty valuable. Oh yeah. The alligator point, belt, like, but uh, there might not be any more of this shit like coming <laughs> off Earth ever. Alligator not make they're not making any more al- although I wouldn't bet against alligators. Alligators are like yeah. four hundred million year old killing machines. They have they they've dodged an asteroid or two canonically. Let's not count yeah. them out just yet, young Belter. They might um, take over the Earth. Yeah, but uh, this guy is introduced just as a way, uh, maybe uh, just as a way to show how far gone Philip is since mm-hmm. his mother left. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, we catch up with Drummer again. Her faction family is out floating in the belt, uh, evading bounty hunters amongst the wreckage of uh, the, the many battles that have been taking place. Um, they're able to evade and, and take out the bounty hunter, uh, however, at the cost of one of their own ships largely as a result of the hesitation and ineptness of one of their family members. Oh, is that is that a result of that? I thought the plan was to use the DeWalt as a uh, improvised I, explosive device. It looked like they had a makeshift railgun welded to the thing, and the idea mm-hmm. was they were going, and she said it's a direct line of fire, so they're going to use the thrusters to track it and then shoot it. I mean that was mm-hmm. the the I think the last resort, but clearly they weren't done. Maybe well, there's something I, wrong with the ship because they they were in the process maybe. of evacuating it, but they didn't do a complete evacuation. So. Yeah, I, I think the plan was to shoot the ship to blow it up with like a railgun round instead of using a torpedo, mm-hmm. which is way more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that that was my thought on it because then they make a big deal about how. We salvaged one missile from the Dewalt, and now we have a grand total of three because they had to use at least one, maybe more. In no, this, they blew, this they definitely fight. used the Dewalt to blow up. They they released a magnetic containment, but I don't think that was the plan. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, I yeah. think that might have been the backup plan, or maybe there was something wrong with the Dewalt that the that they couldn't recover. But they were they yeah. they didn't want to abandon all the shit that was on the Dewalt for sure. It's kind of a big deal because the Dewalt is Drummer's ship right like that was sort of the flagship of her little family fleet that that seems like a big loss to them i mean yeah like the fact that they only had three and now they have presumably two or maybe they're down to one now i'm not quite clear on that but yeah it's a huge loss and having being in the middle of the war with three torpedoes (laughs) yeah and now they have to go try and find somewhere to resupply which it seems like they're having trouble finding ports to dock in you know they're they're kind of in a weird no man's land where they're not loyal to Marco and he controls most of the belt but they're not pledging for the inners either and so really no one will accept their docking request which is a tough place to be when you have three torpedoes and your mission is to try to take supplies from other ships to feed the belters i i think was their mission or just resist marco I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing because they're just probably you know and then that's that's this is where this newsreel came in comes into play because they show a good job of how marco has just really got so much of the belt that like yeah maybe not all of them swear allegiance to him but the mm-hmm. idea you could get in and out of a place without some spy hearing you is getting yeah, getting tougher and tougher was it the golden bow that weren't uh Pledging allegiance I, to Marco. I have no idea, and there, I have there's no something idea if that's in the still walk the and case talk after with, six months. Yeah, with uh, yeah, there again, Rosenfeld. yes. 
I, I wish I had subtitles because she said a couple of factions, but the, the important thing was they weren't drummer and they weren't the Rasanante. So right, right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to the episode. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members, with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed. We still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. All right, we're back with Holden jumping down to the rock to take a look-see, uh, exploring the engine installation on the asteroid that they're investigating. You're never going to guess this, Jim, hmm. but something goes wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Holden Holden pushes a button, and something goes wrong. <laughs> Does he push a button? Uh, he, 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 I he like plugged something like in. It's a, it's a kissing cousin. It's a kissing cousin of button pushing. He's plugging in terminals okay. yeah. into other terminals. Why? Well, well, you know, this come felt on. like a, a fail safe in case <laughs> in case of tampering. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's me, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. 
it, it was just oh he opened it up and so it it went into activation mode um yeah th- this is i guess terrifying for naomi because they've already lost alex and here's holden doing something stupid and reckless and trying to save the fucking world again so holden and putting himself mm-hmm. in harm's way to do it and man why she's sitting in Alex's chair. So like she's sitting right, in like she can feel the ghost him, of like, him. First yeah. time I flew the Rossi, it felt like, yeah, it's, it, it's wild, man. Uh, Holden, I get it. He's altruistic, right? He wants to save everyone, but boy, the hell he puts his loved ones through in the meantime, yeah. in service of that goal is brutal. Yep. That's what it's, uh, that they deal with that a lot in far for all mankind, you know, like the cost, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, Easy being the the charging military hero going into harm's way, but boy, you think about all your loved ones that are like you know dying, uh, living and dying based on reports of what you're doing out there. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was really cool. I liked the whole like the 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 little piece of part like bouncing against the hull as the magnetic. You know, apparently these fusion reactors are contained by a magnetic field they call a bottle, mm-hmm. um, and that thing cycling was. I thought that was a really cool effect. It felt felt real. Yeah. Um, and I but I I also I kind of I kind of agree that I don't think Holden is being suicidal here. I think someone had to go check that thing out and uh-huh. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know that he could have gotten away. I think he did the right thing. Um, Why can't you just I, put around through that thing? Like they do. First of all, I guess they wanted information. They weren't just looking yeah. to destroy it. I guess that's true. He was looking, he didn't want to destroy it because it maybe, maybe, yeah, I guess that's, like, that's a good way. They to didn't really know like, what he, they were up to, right? They just knew the implication. He couldn't get the cover, but that's not. He only, he didn't have like a binary getting the cover or you know uh, securely unplugging the USB drive. There was a range of mm-hmm. actions he could have took in between there that would have maybe dis- destroyed the intelligence capabilities of it, but preserved him alive. But right. I was trying to think of like how much of this is. How much of this is the exhaustion? How much of this is the tension in the crew? How much of this is Holden risking his life yet again? How much of it is the fact of uh, that he's risking his life in the context of Alex risking his life already for mm-hmm. you know dying for Naomi? For Naomi, I mean that's it. That's the and thing. it's probably all of it, right? Yeah, it is. It's all of it. Uh, and they've done a great job telling this story so far. Yeah. And the herd just like just just come back inside. Like it's mm-hmm. like the, the the crew is just really fractured. This next scene is indicative of this because Amos is going to use this opportunity, kind of a quiet downtime to hash some things out with Naomi, especially in relation to their newest cl- uh, crewmate, Clarissa Mao, aka Melba, aka Peaches. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, uh, I, I I just read book five and it kind of bothered me. It felt like Peaches was at an affectation of Amos's. Um, and it's one thing when he does that to like Murtry to piss him off, calls him Murphy and Murdy and more Morty and stuff like that. But like the Peach, I don't know what, what it's. I find it distracting. Amos calling Clar- uh, Clarissa Peaches. What, what <laughs> am I? Am it. I alone on this island or? <laughs> When when he first did it, it was distracting. But yeah, now I've gotten used to it. Uh, I call her peaches in my notes at this point. So yeah, me too. It's just weird. It's just weird. But nobody yeah, else is bothered by it. So whatever. I mean, she has like fifteen names. Let's just yeah, mm-hmm. just pick one mm-hmm. and go with it. And apparently, peaches is it. 
pizza's ones. It's it's shorter than Clarissa, so there's that right. going for it. I don't think Holden's ever going to call her Peaches. That would be the surprising <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see how Holden relates to her because yeah. there wasn't any direct interaction, and it seems like Naomi mm-hmm. is. Uh, well, I mean, let's 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 get into this. Um, Naomi's pissed that he forces her unilaterally onto the crew, and mm-hmm. Amos. You know, again, I just watched the series. This was a big thing in season two or three. Naomi did a little thing called giving the proto molecule of Fred Johnson behind everyone's backs and almost broke up the the crew once. Like they were all united against Naomi. They took her back in. I think Naomi doesn't have a leg to stand on. Sure. And I think she knows that. Um, Does she? Yeah. And if she were clear headed and, and, and thinking, uh, about the rest of her crew the way she's thinking about Alex she probably would have realized that instead of getting up in Amos's face but I don't know this one two punch of like sitting in Alex's chair one one two three punch it's a full combination yeah. man um, sitting in Alex's chair uh, having Holden go off and do this stupid thing to try and save the world again um, and then Amos you know doing this peaches thing these these three things are just like digging at her in a state where she's already exhausted mentally yeah. and emotionally and physically and so she just blows up at him but i i get it right i mean she blames herself directly for the death of alex and i'm glad that they show that yes. in the, the previously on previously on package yeah it, it's it, a it great has a lot more context too. to this scene yeah yeah it really gives you everything you need to know to to understand uh the season getting into it so yeah. Um, yeah, they do. They do a really good job on the makeup uh, because this crew does look like they had just been fuck through the fucking ringer, like big yeah. circles under eyes, drawn lines Especially on their her. faces, yeah. like very little sleep, very little rest, relaxation, humor. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of dour ships, we go over to drummers and her and her first officer are debating where they can find refuge and resupply in this unfriendly belt and what they should do about their problematic crewmate. Uh, Michio is this late uh, this this young woman's name it seems like yeah Michio yeah Michio Michio, which is okay is weird I I talked about it um, a little bit in last season's podcast because she was still a character Uh, she she was a character last season Um, she's a character in the books and Michio has a lot to do you were always referring to yeah Michio Pa um and and, and now, I guess they're turning drummer into that, but interesting because that they're just they're taking Macho Peru and putting her ass on shore. It seems like they're they are yeah. She is she is miss also not appearing the rest of the season apparently. So I don't yeah I don't have to hear about Macho Peru any more fucking times. <laughs> I, Hallelujah! It's just drummer now. Great. No, I, I, I great unless something changes. I don't I don't think we'll see much of her. Um, interesting. Are you fine with that change? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we have much more like, of a I, connection to Drummer, and I, I don't okay. need a specific name to do the things in Book Six. I just want the stuff in Book Six to interesting. happen. Interesting, so. because I will say that, like, it'd been my impression again, spoiler free, that but that 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 this character that I kept on hearing the name of was something of a fan favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I think you totally get there with Drummer. I don't, I don't think you need it to be a particular character. And Drummer has Drummer kind of came out of like, nowhere. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. She to become a fan favorite. So yeah, make her more of a fan favorite. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but Dub- I like double this. Double up the fan favorite. 
like this is the fracturing of the other family in in the belt here, right? Um, and boy, families are getting just shit all over. Like you got Philip and yeah. Marco. Marco's like treating Philip like he's eight years old. Then Diesel standing in the corner, just te- just a single tear rolling down his face. Uh-huh. All this, all this, all this family <laughs> being being torn in half. Not a Corona in sight. What's in zero do? G, the tears roll back and just, down just... His, his neck flap. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, do. They, they do. collect in his neck folds yeah, because there's so much gravity because back there. The gravity has so much mass. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's just science, people. Uh. <laughs> but, but I like seeing this, right? Like the the situations yeah. are tearing families apart. Uh, and it's a great scene because like there's the 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 hammer on this is like you know them trying to be as sweet as possible. Like, hey, we're going to f- set you down someplace friendly. We're not going to forget about you. We're going to come back when all this is over. And she tearfully is like, when is this all going to be over? Right. And no one fucking knows. In our lifetimes? Right? Yeah. 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 And like what is and what is it? Like Earth recovering? That like might never happen. Like yeah. yeah it's just I mean, net it's one of those like sickening feelings that it's never gonna go back to normal. There there's a new normal yeah. and we're living in it. Yeah. And I love there's a little detail at the end of the scene where Michio's crying in her bunk or whatever in a corner and drummer makes a move to go over there and like comfort her and whoever this other dude is, I don't know her. Yeah. The XO ship, uh, her husband slash XO uh, grabs her arm and stops her. And it's like, Oh, you see drummer's impulse is to protect her family, comfort her family. But in this case, that's, that's maybe not the right thing to do because you've got to make this hard decision and you're just going to make it harder. If you keep right. If, if you keep letting it be uh, a thing on the surface here, you got to let her understand yeah, what's happening and process it. Like that's part of being a leader, right? You make a decision that just sucks and yeah. there's no right words you can say that make this person okay with it. It's the right decision, but it's going, it's, it's still going to hurt, you know? Yeah. And uh, we've, you've seen several of those times where drummers had to like, you know, uh, put things first put things in the back burner like like learning you know uh real command lessons and this is an arc that Mm -hmm. she's been on ever since the behemoth you know for sure uh her learning what it takes to be an effective well-rounded commander like becoming a person like fred johnson and anderson dawes Mm -hmm. uh being shaped by all these different forces uh kloss ashford and becoming her own kind of unique person I, i and i do hope that like the story isn't that to be a good leader, you have to just sever and cauterize everything that makes you human because oh, like, sure. I, I would like her to be a little bit more of a complete person than all those people I just mentioned. Like, yeah, I, think I don't that think would be they're great. doing that. Right. I mean, they're no, it, it's situational. It's situational. It's not a thing where you just need to cut off your emotions and you're a great leader. It's just, you need to know when to apply all of the, uh, I don't know levers of influence that you have um, and I think she's learning those lessons back on series Philip continues to crush on girls with his best friend uh, the the gator wearing uh, uh, gentleman we we aforementioned when he sees a cold calculating pragmatic side to his father that maybe he's not seen before uh, or at least directed towards his own people what do you think of this scene uh, okay so this is like both the scene where he's hanging out with friends and the one where Rosenfeld tells Marco that they they don't owe these people on Sirius Station anything. Yeah, it's like essentially okay. how do we do? How do we give the Sirius people more stuff? And she's like, "We don't <laughs> fuck them." Uh, I really like what they're doing with Philip and Marco. They're showing 
how man marco marco what what a piece of work this guy is uh even mm-hmm. with his own son the the kid that he should be like training up to take the reins at some point um or at least like get him into these fights you know that his his friend is bragging about right um there's a weird like coddling that marco was doing of philip that is just making philip resent him even more because he's not being brought into the loop here uh and, and you can see it when he tries to say well you know we need to you just declared series the capital of the belt we have a responsibility to help these people and they're like oh yeah how would you do that we're we're, we're open to your advice tell us exactly how you would do that and he's like uh don't know because I'm he hasn't 16. been brought on any of these conversations like but but that's the thing like he should be sitting down with philip in all and you know it's not all marco's fault either like marco invites him to meetings right and he shows up late because he's out fucking so like but his dad also clearly is saying that these here. are there's a very clear inference that Marco's in the background doing the internet. I, I'm doing it on a potty. It's a jerk off symbol about this because like when he's <laughs> right. like, did I miss anything? Is like the same as you usually do, which is not much. Oh, it's just talking about how we feed the people. Uh-huh. But that's that's the thing about these guys is like and it's it seems like it's possible to do this. Like she's like, you know, we could take this time to boost our food production, do that. But they're literally plundering series for if you if you if you if if you read between the lines here they're pillaging series for materials to beef up medina station medina station medina yeah uh and they're talking about uh it needs more titanium because mm-hmm. the laconium pieces are harder to install they need to reinforce the abutments i think they're upgrading that with martian protomolecule technology uh, to be like the real unstoppable warship that was intended to be, and that is just starving the belt. Like that military mm. project, and this is this is it's it's same thing happened to Earth and Mars. Instead of like emergency feeding their people, they're building war cruisers and battleships and stuff like that. I get to say you, it. You, it's my first yeah? time of the season. Yeah? Get used to it, Aaron. Hey, that put, is put, a put mildly interesting theory. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. <laughs> It's it's yeah, I, it's like it just, just and, and the thing is, as you see that, the you know, Philip is seeing this that like, you know, series isn't mm-hmm. Medina. Uh, we need to tighten the food and water rations. We owe these people nothing. He's seen his father be ruthless to people who he yeah. thinks deserves it. But like he said, this is our capital city. We've told people to come here. We are the shining beacon. Oh, we can't feed them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Philip's seeing that's fucked up. Yeah, totally. Uh also that like yeah it's a great that that scene where his 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 friends bragging about all the the horrific shit they've done and he kind of dissociates and has a borderline panic attack about you know this is Naomi's prophetic warning that you're you can't carry this weight kid yeah you know death of billions on your hands yeah no it's great um the the other thing I wonder what they're doing with is there's a conspicuous coffee drinking scene here his his XO whatever Rosenfeld comes up and hands him a coffee and he drinks it and he's enjoying it and I just couldn't help but think that Holden is the coffee guy what are they doing with coffee as his drink of choice here is there anything is this a dead man's brew thing again I mean I'll always lean that way yeah but I don't know. It was just strange to me because I don't know why they lingered on in a season where they have six episodes where the time is precious. Why are you doing this coffee thing? If not to hearken back to Holden drinking I think his there coffee, is. but this I don't goes know back to means. Naomi's saying that like, you know, the Holden is the man that 
Marco says he is. Like they're just it's a it's another kind of like similarity, so that you can kind of see their. I even hmm. think they're dressed the same. Like Phillips' jumpsuit, like his his uh, you know angel wings jumpsuit, looks a lot like what Holden wears. It just it's all gussied up and gilded. Like there is like intentionally mm-hmm. dis- the um, they're very similarly built. Like it's just that the, every every level uh, where Jim Holden ha- is the stake, Marco is just the sizzle. And I don't know the 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 coffee affectation might be another way to kind of draw those parallels. Yeah. Speaking of our resident caffeine addict, uh, Holden is fretting about a video that seems to show the a ring gate eating a Martian warship. I believe this is what we saw at the end of last season. Yeah. While no Naomi has uncovered a possible weakness in Marco Marco's uh, asteroid blockade. Uh, yeah, she's pinpointed a ship called probably called the Azure Dragon that they think is the one controlling um, the launch of these rockets, uh, these rocks rather. It's a spotter ship. So apparently it is, is orbiting dark and it's able to keep a precise track of the disposition of earth's defense. And, and it's able to uh, anytime earth tries to get a little breathing room to go, you know, interdict, they, they, they keep a steady, steady stream of rocks to keep that from happening. Apparently without those spotter ships, it'd be a hell, hell of a lot less effective. At least that's the theory. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that Amos starts this scene with Holden telling him like, Hey, let's stay on mission here. We are here to kill Marco. That is what yep. we are out here to do. And then when Naomi diverts the mission with this information, he's just like, okay, let's go. Is that because he knows that, you know, two thirds of the voting crew at this point is lined against him or I, I think is it like Mar- on board with this mission? Or is that because he views this mission as part of the get Marco mission? I think the latter. I think the Mark, I think the okay. Amos is a lot more strategic and tactical than people like. I mean, they really make this explicit in the books, and I think I they mean, really underlined it last not, season. <laughs> like, but Amos, Amos, Amos could have took over face first into a lot of shit. True, but Amos was uh, Amos probably could have led uh, Eric's Baltimore Underworld and Lunar Crew better than Eric could have. Because, oh, sure. Like, those yeah. are those are muscles that Amos hasn't actually tried to flex uh, much, um, but I think he's if he's he is capable of, of doing it. So I think I think he's a better right. leader and he's got a better eye for like, you know, that kind of like logistics. And yeah, yeah like if you go over this guy, you blind your enemy. It's going to be a lot easier. Ooh, that's interesting because, you know, season four, Amos found out all, all, all about what it's like to be blinded and how vulnerable it makes you. But, yeah, mm-hmm. if you blind your enemy, it's easier to take him down. I, I think he gets that for sure. OK. Um, and we also get the scene of, you know, Naomi, you know, because Holden says, hey, I sorry, I fucked up on the rock. I'm going to be more careful. And she's but she's like, but we're not stopping. Mm-hmm. And the problem is this whole situation, this Belter Civil War where I'm attacking people and places I used to call home and used to call friends. Um, it's, it's really wearing and I don't know how much I can take. Um, yeah. but she does. She does look like she's at the, the breaking point with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, on board her flash, flagship, the UNN Zenobia, Avasarala shoots down rumors she's seeking a peace treaty with Marco Eneros and the Free Navy. Uh, I like this scene. Yeah, I don't get the impression that they have done any negotiation. I, I think that's what Monica's is getting at. Like, no. you need to negotiate because things are so fucking bad. We can't just stay pinned down here. You clearly don't have the military might to get 
to change the situation. So let's start talking. Let's open lines of communication. That that's where she's getting at. But like, I don't know, man. I Marco's. I think that's insane. I think it would be no Monica. Yeah, insane to try and talk Marco into some kind of deal. He's not a guy who makes deals. <sighs> that that's that's a, that's a tough thing about real life is because you got warhawks and you got doves, man. And sometimes the warhawks are saying there is no chance for peace when there's abundant. You're tripping oh, no. over chances I mean, that's, of peace. That's what Aaron Wright. And was sometimes all about, the doves. Right? That guy was. I mean, granted, he right. was, He had ulterior motives, but also. That's, right. That's the But his ulterior motive was Earth that. first, like at, at the at the very root of it. And yeah, the other yeah. thing is like and sometimes the doves like, you know, like pe- like people want to appease Hitler. Uh there's like cuz like war sucks and it's damaging and nothing good comes from it, but sometimes that's literally the last resort. And it's um, like the souther part of it, right? Is the guy right. who just wants to like, no, no, maybe we should, maybe we should cool it. Right. Maybe we should not do anything here until we know what to do. Yeah. And I, what's great about the expanse is all those I feel like all those factions throughout the six seasons have all had their time to be right, all had their time to be wrong. Yeah. And that's why history is the fucking devil, man. And Christian um, is kind of in the middle, right? She's both when yeah. she needs to be. And the fact that she's being imperious and secretive. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. is like that feels like that she's holed up for these last six months with her war advisors and, you know, she's running a tight ship, which is probably the way she, you should prosecute a war. But uh, clearly, you know, if you're a person worrying about starving on Earth, you would like to know, like, what the hell is actually happening? Are we in a democracy or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I like Bobby bouncing, you know, Monica and Monica scoring some hits because, you know, Bobby's never been 100 percent on board with Madame Avasarala. And oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Feels like she's getting used yeah. half the time, but isn't really sure how. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, did you, I, I looked up uh, the UNN Zenobia. Uh, so this is named Zenobia was a third century queen and empress of an offshoot empire. So the third century uh, was bad for Rome and uh, they had a, mm. s- a series of uh, assassinations and imperial fails that had like two thirds of the empire broke off and Zenobia ran off with the eastern por- portion that included much of uh, uh, what do they call that? Middle Asia. Uh the, the like Greece and and Syria and things like that down into Egypt. Um, I looked up uh, her in in Wikipedia uh, that said that Zenobia is a cultured monarch and foistered an intellectual environment in her court, which is open to scholars and philosophers. She was tolerant towards her subjects and protected religious minorities. The queen maintained a stable administration, which governed a multicultural, multi-ethnic empire. Her rise and fall have inspired historians, artists, and novelists, and to this day, she's a patriotic symbol. Uh, in Syria. I thought hmm. that's a really great, this warrior queen, warrior philosopher queen is a great name for the flagship of Avasarala. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like it. And uh, she doesn't sound like she spends much time on Earth, as you know, she probably should not. She's spending most of her time on a big badass warship in orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, on Sirius Station, Philip tries to pick up the one girl in the belt, apparently uninterested in what he has to offer, and it does not go well. Uh, yeah, no, he turns on his friend here and ends up shooting him. Uh, it's, it's, he does a similar thing in the book. It's it's not his friend; it's just some other dude. But like, yeah, they're they're getting back to where the book was with Philip at this point, which is exciting. Knowing what comes after, all the things that. 
Naomi feared for her son are coming to pass. Like he, he just mm-hmm. manifestly is unable to deal with the hero worship and the adoration he's getting for doing things that he knows in his gut are wrong. And also yeah. seeing how there's the, you talk about the one, the, the punch, the sequence of events happening here. Uh, then on top of that, seeing kind of what a hypocrite his father is that like, Oh for sure. We're sure. going to do terrible things, but the terrible people to uplift our people and know <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still just to serve for the grandiosity of his father. And I might have done all that for a lie, for for a fiction, yeah, right? Like yeah. this this beautiful vision that my father was painting isn't actually a vision at all. He doesn't give a shit about the vision. All he gives a shit about is his own glory. Yeah, it's no, it's a potent stew uh, that they're they're bringing up here. And I'm I was going to ask you what you thought Philip felt in the moment he shot his friend. Uh, regret, I think for sure. Like, I, I don't know the, the stuff going on with Philip is so complex because like, yes, he realizes, I think deep down underneath it all, that what he did was wrong. He's starting to see that the reasons he did it, um, the people he did it for are just full of shit and they're not the people he thought they were. And that even the part that should be the reward, the part where he's the hero of the belt alongside of his father is not getting him what he wants either. Like, mm-hmm. sure, he can have, you know, 15 different girls over in the cargo hold, but, you know, he can't just walk up to anyone and wave this hero card in their face and get exactly what he, he wants. wants. Love from everyone, yeah. Right. One so, like, out. nothing is quite turning out the way he wanted it to or thought, imagined that it would in his head before he actually launched these rocks when, when he agreed to do all this stuff with his father. So I, I think, man, what's going on in his head is just, it's a mess right now, uh, which is why his friend dies in the first place. Um, he, and it's such a great contrast so between these two teenage boys doing teenage boy stuff, running around cruising for girls, uh, yeah. looking dapper to impress them, spitting game with the contrast of also, they have the blood of millions on their hands. Oh, yeah, he sees to Child be soldiers. just a teenage boy as soon as those lo- rocks launched. Back on the Zenobia, Avasarala cooks up a daring operation that's going to involve Naomi's spotter ship theory and Bobby being a badass. And you know what, Jim? I'm just excited to be here to see it. Uh, yeah. I have no idea exactly why Bobby's going to be the linchpin for this mission, but fuck it. Uh, she's going to be a structural support at some point. Uh, between two ships, uh, yeah, so they're going to turn her suit into a missile that kills uh, Marco. Something, something's sure. going to be badass. It's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you, did this happen in the books? That's what I wanted to know. Does she join formally? Fucking join the crew of the Rock? Really? Really? I holy fuck! Not that I remember. I maybe I'm okay. just totally blanked out the word Bobby in my head, but no. I, I thought Bobby's this is a long the part in the books that she is in the show. You're right. You're right. She's like uh, she's she's a big part of five. So I just assumed that they were priming her to be, you know, uh, a part of the crew in the, the book six. I'm shocked. I'm shocked to find out that's not true. Is she a big part of five? I, it's been a while. Since yeah. Like five. all that stuff with her, like Alex visiting Mars and them hooking up and figuring out oh, the, yeah, you know, yeah. the, 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 where all the ships are going and them fleeing. I mean, they're, they, they're even a bigger part right, because right. they've got like the Martian prime minister in the book along for the ride. Uh huh. Um, but this is a great scene. It's also got Avasaral on the float. You know, we first met her uh-huh. hating space. Uh, 
not ever leaving Earth if she if she can't help it. And now she's actually enjoying not having the planet pulling her down. Yeah, um, I love how poetic the, what she's mm-hmm. saying here is. Um, yeah, she's got she's had all this responsibility. We met her day one and she's like trying to keep the children from destroying their toys. Right. Uh, since day one. And now here she is in a, the worst possible situation and everything is on her because all the children are dead. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's you feel the weight of it. You feel the weight through everything they've done in this first episode. It's weighing on everyone, not just Christian, but she is at the she's the tip of the spear when it comes to fixing this problem. And it's man, it's got to be heavy. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's a, it's a great like as she's saying like we can't have we need something better than good. We need a huge wind that's going to pull all of us together and give us the most important quantity in something like this hope. And it's such a yeah. great backdrop to the crew the Rasananti like strapping in and getting into the crash couches and like you know like like unknowingly preparing. I am a little worried because this is Avasarala like big splashy show. You know, like not small winds, not a string of pearls that you build to an elegant, but just like a swing for the fucking fences. Um, sometimes I, I suspect her political instincts. I don't think that they're good. <laughs> she's a good leader. She's not a good politician. I I will say this. I think if if you're imagining that taking out the Azure Dragon is the only thing she has plans for. You're going to be surprised, I think. It's also interesting that like Zenobia was a queen of a ruling over one third of an empire. And if you take the Earth, the Mars and the belt. Yeah, that's interesting because she doesn't remain the ruler. You know, obviously, uh, Rome is able to get back. I I wonder if there is like some hopefulness in this imagery that, you know, she will uh, the, 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 the the all the factions will be able to come back together into a truly human empire which i guess it wouldn't be an empire at that point yeah (laughs) it would just be a loose human confederation Mm -hmm. of like chill dudes doing things in the cosmos it'd be star uh, trek joint cooperation yeah yeah Yeah. it'd be the united (laughs) federation of planet uh Uh, no we already got planets fuck it yeah Yeah, ufp we have star trek baby that's an s yeah, S-worthy. got two planets and planet toids. You've got now various planets, uh, but they're all cut off. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is the first episode of The Expanse. I can't wait to see the second one. Uh, if you feel the same, drop us a line. Expanse at baldmove.com is how you get a hold of us. Of course, we'll have full coverage of the episode um, as soon as it drops each Thursday evening, early Friday morning, depending on when Amazon drops it. Because we are recording these in advance to get things ready, uh, we are not going to be doing feedback for the first two podcast we will do a special feedback episode after those two podcasts to kind of catch up then we'll do three and four through the christmas break we'll do a four uh, another feedback episode after in the new year to catch us up and then we'll be doing five and six in real time with Mm y'all so i'm quite pleased to have you all on the ride with us and uh again expanse at baldmove.com if you uh want to give us your latest theories uh or your thoughts on i don't know anderson dawes dying off screen uh, uh, Avasaral is uh, the desperate gambit here. Whatever. Expanse of fallmove.com. We'll see you back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. <laughs> <laughs>